0: Did you know we're listening to the brutally delicious podcast with Moose and Raina?
1: You doing alright? Yes, we just
2: had a long rehearsal today, uh, signing all the our special kind of vinyl that's going to be available. So, oh, nice. Yeah, that was
1: a couple of hundred. You guys are in Denmark, is that correct? Yeah. Ah, there she is. There's my partner, Rena. She's over in Finland. Hi, Rena.
0: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Very good. How are you?
0: I'm all right.
1: Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Of course. So, anyway, um, we can just jump right in. For those not familiar, and first of all, I've got to ask you, how do you pronounce that name so I don't butcher it? Because Rena will tell you I'm really bad at... Uh, it's pronounced based. Okay, that's, that's what I was going to say, but then I didn't want to butcher it because I've done that in the past and gotten quite yeah, a few that... laughs. Yeah, that <laughs> <it> is fun. <laughs> anyway, so for those not familiar with your band, can you give us a, like a two-sentence boardroom pitch?
2: Yeah, uh, based is basically started as an old-school death metal worship band in the beginning, worshiping a lot of old-school morbid angel, both or especially a lot of bloodbath in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now we're on our third record, full length through Century Media Records. And uh, it's coming out this Friday. It's a fresh mix of old-school death metal, I would call it. So a lot of the old influences, but with a, a different take.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah, thanks. What was it like recording, or how did you guys go about recording this during this whole nonsense that we're living through? Were we able to get together in the studio, or was it more emailing back and forth? Actually, we we all live in the same time,
2: town, basically. Um, so we rehearse twice a week, uh, and we were lucky enough to be able to continue doing that through this uh, pandemic. Um, so we basically just kept rehearsing a lot and found out that we could actually rehearse as much so we could learn how to play the whole album live. So we decided to record it live.
1: Oh, that's so, recorded live?
2: Yeah, the whole album.
1: Wow. That's the oh, old school yes. way.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's We were just lucky, I guess, to have enough time. Um, but yeah, we basically went in the studio and uh, started out with recording Nico Sapiens, the title track. Mm -hmm. And it felt good. And everyone liked to do it that way. You know, we did five takes and chose the one with the best energy. And um, yeah, it felt good. So we kept doing that probably two songs a day in a week. Wow. And then uh, it felt good. And it was fun. And uh, during the evenings after recording, we would have Simon singing on top of it. And everyone would have had a lot of wine and beer so everyone was in a really great mood and uh, was typing simon out and uh, there was a poor poor guy called ole who was the uh, assistant uh, engineer so we basically had to stay for a week with us and wait for us to we were ready to record the vocals in the evening and then we would go nuts and you would have to sit there on the computer press play <laughs> and Sewn out of all the guys yelling death metal stuff to the guy <laughs> in the group. It was amazing. Awesome. Rita?
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I don't like, I don't like in Motown days, that was what you did was to record live. You have the entire band and the singers even do their bits at the same time. That's amazing. Yeah. I am like super impressed that that's how you did it. Well, and, um, you. Was there any sort of issues, and because I I really liked what you said, how you then picked the one with the best energy. Because nowadays, like making albums, making music, you have the tools to sort of fine tune everything, get all the mistakes out of there. So was there any of the songs that you know has like some sort of technical (laughs) issues, and I'm not talking about the poor guy (laughs) doing the recording, (laughs) but like the, the playing parts. Is there like bits that will then go like Shit, that's you know, that's not played correctly, but we want it to be there, you
2: know? I, I actually think I have a tiny, tiny mistake in the beginning of Genesis on the first the first track of the album, actually. I, I think I'm the only one hearing it, but there's a small <laughs> mistake. We have recording the third song, Sa, we had a full day of tuning problems. The guitars just wouldn't tune. So some of it aren't really in tune. But it makes for an atmosphere and it makes for um, a feel that is um, live. And basically the whole idea came from in the past when we wrote songs, we went into the studio and had to map out the whole click tracks and whatever. And then we had to change the songs around to make it fit the click track. Um, Uh That's not how we do it. That's not how we play it live because we don't use any in-ears monitors or triggers or anything that's basically the same setup as we have in the rehearsal space so this time it was just go as we did in in the rehearsal and that's we write all the songs together everyone present and then it felt good to record them everyone
1: present i've um, said this before on the podcast and i think it's it's still central you in your proof of it doing it like that makes it so much more organic and immediate and more i'm old so that's more towards the way you know i Grew up when people recorded like that, or or rehearsed like that. It's more, I guess, organic is the best word. This I can say yeah. and it translates perfectly into the live setting, right? Yeah, it does.
2: And it's for us. It's great to go on stage and know that we play through the exact same amps, the same guitars. It's the same mics. We mic the stuff with, and then it's basically if the audience were in the studio with us. There's and no like Reena,
1: yeah, and like Rena said, you know, if you're playing that click track, it becomes very sterile. But there's a natural yeah. flow and movement, I think, when you're playing live, right? Because not everybody is on the four four. There's going to be a little movement here and there, right?
2: It, it has to be, and sometimes we, that's that's the fun part because at some parts we just slow a bit down or speed a bit up. You know, for example, the ending of Meat Hook Massacre. Is that that's an ending that everyone loves incredibly much. So everyone really grooves and feels it when we play it. So I think that gets that's that vibe just from playing it live. Um, and yeah, you know, fun parts we just play faster sometimes. Yeah, um, and I think you can hear it.
0: <laughs> Everybody just gets so excited that the tempo doubles.
2: <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But- I love that song name, by the way. I just like it, it instantly reminded me of the Clive Barker Midnight Meat Train movie. Like, isn't that funny how brains work? I'm like, oh yeah, that movie. I haven't watched that in a while. It's pretty good. Love song. There was that guy with the meat hook. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) Meat Massacre, the new love song. Right. (laughs) Almost. You can do it as a ballad, and everybody's got their lighters in the air.
2: I think they would. We have some crazy fans out there. <laughs> Sometimes we play the, da- the Danish shows. They have the lighters up during uh, Cross because that's the most melodic and kind of dancy song. Um, right. But still, it's called Crosshore. So.
1: so That's the bass ballad of sorts? Mm, yeah, I guess.
2: <laughs> as awesome. close as you
1: get to a ballad anyway?
2: Um, you know, none none of us really think it's fun to play ballads so it always ends up in in some groove and oh yeah there's a lot of lot of the new stuff we're writing new material at the moment just because we can't play live so why not um Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of it sounds really 80s like 80s rock tomorrow yeah yeah, but it's that's what's fun at the moment and we'll see how much of that ends up on an album but basically we, we think it's fun
1: I also find it interesting, and I think Rena brought this up in an interview before, that you're open to morphing the sound a little bit. It doesn't have to be just straight up death metal. If you're playing with some, you know, some 80s sounds as well, that's kind of cool that you're not pigeonholed.
2: You know, in the beginning, we had to do it like that because it was trying to find out who we were. So we had to find some rules and follow them. But then we found out that's. We could do that. The, the EP and the first album was really, really death metal and uh, the demo as well. And now we try to do something else to to mix it up, to find out what, what is it that makes everyone laugh while we're playing and makes everyone want to make everyone want to scream in the rehearsal space. That's, uh, that's we've gotten
1: the closest to that on the, this album here. And then you play faster as you get more excited. We tend to. We try not to do all the time, but
2: we tend to. right? Yeah, we do.
0: But you guys are so incredibly lucky if you get to, like, have two band practices a week. Like, yep. you must like, live close, have very little. Well, I don't mean to say you don't have any responsibilities in your life. I'm sure you do. But, like, you know, the two are, you're not. Usually, when we're grown-ups, you don't have two nights off a week. It's impossible. Oh, no, Or, you know.
2: Everyone is off on Mondays because we said everyone has to. So if you wanna wanna be a part of it, you have to take your Monday off. And uh, we rehearse every Monday and have meetings with our management. And because we can't see it as a as a hobby or a spare time activity, we have to see it as a as a job and as a professional endeavor. So if we don't try to be pro about it, we're never gonna be pros. So that's basically a sacrifice we're making at the moment that hopefully sometimes, at sometime in, in the future it will pay off. But yeah, you can basically do whatever you want as a band. Um, if you can explain at home to the wife and the kids that this, is, this has a greater meaning than going into a room and drinking beers and playing loud guitars. This also has... We have some dreams and some goals and stuff. And I think we... Also because we're the same guys uh, since the beginning. So everyone is kind of a family now. Um, So we know all the kids and all the wives and all the stuff and everyone knows what we're doing. So they don't see it as a waste of anyone's time. They see it as a important part of everyone's life.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. And, And obviously one really big enabling factor for you guys to do this is living in the same town. Like my band is spread out all over Finland. Like, there's no fucking way we could ever have two band practices a week. We just, like, we book up, and now we can't do it because I can't even travel inside Finland. But, anyway, like, normally it would be a weekend, and then yeah. just a, a, 8 to 12 hours a day and just yeah. really cram that like practice into that into that time. But I find, like, even if... Yeah. So, like, you know, that it's, it's amazing. I'm super jealous <laughs> that you get to do that. But also, um, like applauding you for making that sacrifice. It's not easy, and I applaud your wives for supporting you with that, or girlfriends, or partners, or anybody in your life who gets a say, you
2: know. The wives are the baddest because you know, Moody, uh, the bass player, the first tour we did with Decapitated, he was. We went for twenty-five days, and his firstborn daughter was two or three weeks old when she when we left. And uh, she took like a champ. And you know, Lasse also has a kid and he left almost after he got born as well. And so um, they're really supportive and know they have to be, if if this is gonna succeed and um, it it will at some point because it's, you know, it has to, and my brother is manager and he's living off of doing management for us and booking for us. So he's also a big part of it. So we have a guy working full time on the band, but not, you know, not, not for the band because he's, he's a part of it, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. He's an extra member.
0: Yeah. 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 Please remember to vocalize your appreciation to the voice. Don't just say it in this podcast. Tell them every day. (laughs) day.
1: (laughs) What do you guys have planned? I've asked this before too, but what do you guys have planned for? Are you doing any sort of live streams or anything for your fans during this weird Downtime.
2: Yeah, we've done a couple already. Um, we did one with releasing a live DVD from Copenhagen 2019. We played a show there for 18,000 wow. in the audience. So that was pretty amazing. And that was the biggest show for us. So that was an event. We did the Isolation Fest with Century Media. We've done some signings. And we're going to do a bit more of that this coming week with the, the album coming out and this Thursday we're going to play a show on the na- Danish national television. Um, it's called the Gaffa Awards. So it's an award show and we're playing in the middle of it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. yeah. I'm going to record some more for uh, some American magazines and, uh, yeah, basically there's going to be a lot of streaming <laughs> and stuff.
1: That's, that's all we got at this point, right? Yeah, it is. So for, Fans who want to check out, based, um, are you guys normal social media active social media wise?
2: Yeah, we just uh, made a, a fan fan group in uh, in Facebook that allows our fans to get a bit, little bit closer and more, not that intimate, but more intimate. Um, we have some special newsletters for the fan club as well. Some merchandise advances, uh, uh, not advances some discounts on merchandise because you're in the fan club um we were all the fans are really active in there like throwing up the interviews we're doing and texting each other and where they saw us the first time and stuff so
1: you want to give us those links for both of them uh yeah i'll throw them in there okay cool and i've got nothing else Reno, you good?
0: I am, I am, I'm good, and it's not because you're boring, Sven, It's because I'm super fucking tired. <laughs> 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 and, um, yeah, but no, it's really interesting. I didn't see the whole recording live thing coming, so <laughs> it was actually, like the surprise of the day.
2: You can go watch the Meathook Massacre music video. That's recorded uh, while we actually track the song. We just dimmed the light and put on some cool lights. Yeah, you can see. You know, because Sebastian does some drum stuff that's on video, and he only did it that time, oh. because we didn't know if any of those clips made it to the music video, but they they did.
1: And I know you and said so. you were going to send me the links, but you want to just go ahead and give them to us here for those listening?
2: Yeah, you can go into Facebook and you write Nickel Sapiens, and that's the fan group, Okay. and everyone's welcome, and uh, yeah, it's fun in there.
1: Okay, cool. All right, and the yeah. record's I love it. We've been banging it earlier on. I've been listening to it all day and I appreciate you taking the time, man. Awesome, man. Stay safe. Well, good luck with the record. Thanks, nice
0: Congratulations for the record.
1: Thank you.
2: Nice meeting you. Care, bye. All right, bye.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the tone mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff.